shall wow. we? Wow. Wow, everybody. It's time. This is so cool. I'm like torn between like gallery mode so I can see everybody and like putting myself on speaker mode so I don't get really distracted. Um, but welcome <laughs> everyone. Um, if you just came in, uh, know that we are recording this um, audio purposes so that we can release it next week, Wednesday. Um, that being said, you're well, who is driving? Are you kidding me? You better be safe. <laughs> <laughs> um, that being said, you're welcome to have your video on or off, whatever you're comfortable with. There will be a portion today where we will be asking people to unmute if they want to. So just, just be aware. Um, for now, thank you for all staying muted and, and no one's being um, wild and, and chaotic and disruptive yet. Um, we'll get there. <laughs> it's so cool to see you all. This is literally the sweetest thing ever. I'm so happy that you all could join us. I'm Erica. I'm Carter. <laughs> um, we'll keep admitting people as they pop in here, but we have some incredible guests today. When we were planning this, I said that I wanted it to feel like an episode of iCarly. So we have a bunch of segments, but we're going to get started today um, by just taking a moment to really acknowledge the fact that we read Trials of Apollo. Um, most people here probably read Trials of Apollo which makes this probably every single person in the Percy Jackson fandom who's read Trials of Apollo here with <laughs> us tonight. Everybody, <laughs> give yourself snaps for being um, true fans, for being better than everybody else. Yes. High percentile engagement with the written work. Yes. Paying for Rick Riordan's <laughs> children's tuition, um, their home, their multiple homes in Boston, Texas, and Vancouver. That's all you guys. You did that. So. That's the power of fandom. We'll talk more about that. Um, there's been a little bit of news lately since we last talked to everybody, namely a lot of news. True story. I did call Carter two days ago and was like, did you hear that there's a new Alessia cover? And Carter was like, of how far, far I'll go from the movie Moana by Alessia Cara. I was like, no, rather Alessia Trunfio, the fan artist, is drawing a new cover of The Sun and the Star. I don't know if everybody saw that. It's going to be really cool. Um, I told Alessia that there are about like 500 the last time I checked people on the wait list to receive that book. And she was like, what? Like freaked out and was like, that's so cool. Um, so none of us will be seeing those books, but I'm excited that they exist. <laughs> It'll be really fun. Um, the other thing I want to talk about before we get started here is Mark tweeting teasers for the sun and the star. Um, that starts with a photo of a bowl of cocoa puffs. And I was just wondering if anybody knows what this is about. Carter, <laughs> do you have any guesses what this is about? I, <laughs> I, I'm not thinking of any references to earlier text that we have from, from Rick about, about Nico or about Will. Um, I don't know. I'm not going to speculate wildly about what, what original implications there could be for a new plot point around this. But serial's important. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, if anybody knows... Oh, okay, I'm seeing some I'm seeing some feedback in the chat. Um, Sally Jackson feeds them Cocoa Puffs. That seems, that seems super plausible, um, especially because we know Sally's house is in the map. Um, so they're definitely going to see Sally. Percy Jackson cameo is loading. Um... Persephone Demeter serial callback. Yes, that sounds so possible. That what book is that from? Was that like Last Olympian? 
that was last Olympian because that's the first time we meet her. Like Demeter has moved on from from grain cereals to refining her grain cereals into wow. What is the angle? Do you think we're going to get a critique from Rick about industrial agricultural subsidy policy in America? Like that would wait. What if it's only what time if we're tell. like we could be talking. <laughs> Demeter could be like you know healthy cereals, and Persephone is like no, the children need sugary cereals, and that's kind of like now at the center of their conflict in their mother daughter relationship. Yeah. Yeah. She's like, sugar is good for you. It brings happiness. And I live in the underworld. So I need that. Okay. These are all, <laughs> these are all great guesses. Camp Half-Blood sends Cocoa Puffs to Tartarus via statue magic. Yes. That, yes, absolutely. <laughs> um, okay. This concludes our section on guessing what the heck the Cocoa Puffs mean. We are going to start today with our first special guest. I am going to go ahead and in Aaron from Camp Half Blood. Everybody say hello. Hello, Aaron. Hi. <laughs> Tell us, oh, not my mom calling me. Oh my God. Um, <laughs> Tell us a little bit about your podcast. I would love to. So I, me and my co-host Monisa host Camp Half Pod. We are going through all the Percy Jackson books. We're on the Dark Prophecy right now. Um, I've read Trials of Apollo. Monisa hasn't. So that's like our vibe for Trials of Apollo. We're spoiler free. Everyone here has read it, right? I'm guessing. If they haven't, they've (laughs) consented to being spoiled. Well, she still doesn't know that Jason dies. And so wow. I'm so excited. That's she pretty hardcore. Hates, I know she hates Jason. Um, she constantly <laughs> wishes death upon him. So it's going to be really funny. Um, Spoiler for our <laughs> Six of Crows Patreon episode. But Carter, what were you just saying about needing to not be excited when characters you hate die? It was just that. I, I was, um, we were talking about um, Matthias. Matthias, I'm, I didn't listen to the audiobooks. I, Wait, but, um, that's a spoiler too. Oh my God. Holy shit. I'm I'm, I'm putting a pin in this conversation. It's done. We're not talking about Six of Crows. Um, Forget I said anything. Cutting that. Cutting it. Oh, no, it's live. Okay. Well, that's so exciting. Wow. I'm glad we got our live screw up out of the way and that I'm continuing my story legacy of ruining important character moments for people literally inadvertently. This Um, is seaweed brain culture. (laughs) Um, So luckily for us, Aaron has read uh, the Trials of Apollo, as forementioned. So we thought we would warm up into this episode with a little bit of a conversation about a phenomenon we experience in the Trials of Apollo, which are these single book characters that show up, that steal the show, that slay the house, boots down, and then they disappear out of our lives forever. Um, we tried to honor them as we were going through these books, but I think now is a good time to bring up some of them. Um, Carter, who's one of your favorite single book characters? You know that my number one, my OG, my beloved is Crest the Pandos. Crest the Pandos. (laughs) Crest the Pandos, who should have been, like, music education is not very accessible in America right now. You know, like, Crest had a story that people can identify with, a story of the people and the problems in our society. He had a story about, you know, defeating the odds to try to surmount one of the most striking inequalities that we talk about as people who like care about pop culture and 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 did we see any resolution to that did we see that story go anywhere um 
No, we saw Apollo mention this person once, and one of the many times he listed everyone who has died near him <laughs> over the course of these books. And I do not feel like we appropriately memorialize Crest. Even we, like we, we, the like, we meaning Rick and also we meaning literally us because episodes went by when we didn't bring Crest up and that was a shame. <laughs> we should bring Crest up every single day of our lives. I think Nero, does Nero mention him in that epic villain speech where he's reading Apollo for filth for all of all the people that he's damaged and, and destroyed or, or murdered? Yeah, so that was good. Nero remembered and we didn't. Are we the problem? Okay. Damning. Wow. Aaron, what about you? What's one of your favorite uh, wow. single book characters? You know, can I say Percy? Because he's not in the in the series enough. Um, Wait, no, I, because I think he's in he's in uh, Hidden he's Oracle in the, and yeah, technically he's in um, Tower of Nero. The yes, last one, yeah. Okay, because everyone else. I think. I mean, I think Lavinia is probably my favorite. I, I know. I've only read strong answer. Oh. Fan favorite. Oh yeah. I've only read the series once. And so we're, I'm like halfway through my second read. So I'm not going to lie. I don't remember the plot. I don't remember any details about her um, besides like pink hair and gay. Um, and, and tap dancing. That's, and those are kind of the only three important those things. Are the only things I need to know. Um, can I have a least favorite one? <laughs> I'm scared. Please, by all means. Um, it's the aunt mama from the first I was going book to bring this up. I was reading through our Google Doc and I was like I don't I literally don't remember any of them from Hidden Oracle but I know they existed um oh, and remember. there we go Hidden Oracle mama yeah <laughs> recency mama he sings dear mama to her that's the name of his rap song there's too much rap and rapping from Apollo I wait it's we... an original rap number that he yeah. composes yeah I'm sorry about this book at mom to not like kill every kill meg kill everybody kill his children <laughs> um <laughs> yes it did happen we were, lost our minds <laughs> danny just put in the chat apollo quote can i call you mama mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i hate Certainly that man not. what is wrong with him get away from her get a job That's apollo rapping rapping we have had what was it we so what, with our podcast, each we found that each series, we like kept making weird references to things. Like the first uh, pre-JO, we kept making SpongeBob references. And so for some reason, Heroes of Olympus, it was Shrek was the thing. Um, and this book, uh, the first one, we were like, what's it going to be? And Monica was like, Glee. And then this has come true. Like Mr. Apollo is a Mr. Sh He's also a little bit of a Rachel Berry. I think Chiron's a bit yeah. of a Mr. Shoe. Like he puts children in... Un in unsafe positions. <laughs> no. Yeah. He's also like thousands yeah. and thousands and of Mr. years D old. have a very yeah. Mr. Shoe, Sue Sylvester relationship. Ooh, <laughs> oh my that's, God. Oh, that's good. Wow. Somebody was asking us to do a Glee episode for our Patreon. And I was literally like, absolutely not. Under no circumstances will I be revisiting Glee. But I'm glad we the could Patreon have this moment here. about things that we enjoy. And were um, positive influences on our lives. Yeah, and not the um, worst thing that ever happened to me. R.I.P. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm going to have to shout out Olujime, obviously. I'm surprised. Obviously. It hasn't come up already. Um, I literally will die unhappy and unsatisfied. I am not being dramatic. If we don't get Olu back in a book, he needs to show up in Weird and Verse. Yes. 
And he Why was so was powerful. There if not to set up multiverse of madness. Other pantheons. Like he's one of the first demigods from another pantheon that we met besides like the people in like the Norse series and the Egyptian series. I think that's right. He's the first one that they've, they've like been explicit certainly and been like this person is connected to other you know deities other traditions other forms of power um unlike frank who like says that he's from a place and then like but actually his powers are from greece as well i was gonna say mike kahele like he could have been a child of pele or something but instead it was aphrodite rippy rip rip live action moana let's let's get excited okay (laughs) well i think um as brief as that was i do think it's time everybody for the first round of drum roll please trivia so this is gonna be a little nuts um we've played trivia before on zoom with the other Percy Jackson podcasters when of course that was like 12 people whatever so we kind of had people just like screaming shit out stuff out what we're gonna do I dropped my phone that was so quirky. What we're going to do is we're going to ask the question. And then what y'all are going to do, if you want to answer, you do not have to participate. There's no pressure at all. But if you want to answer, you're going to raise your Zoom hand, which these everybody in here is a Zoomer or a Zillennial. So I think we all know how to do that. It's under reactions. You can raise your hand. And then we'll go in order calling on people via. Yes. Great job. Yes. Uh, Thank you for the Excellent example. We probably should have done a Kahoot. That would have been the real Zillennial move. Um, but it's too late now. <laughs> That's this what, is what that we're doing called. because we want audio from the people. We want this to be, um, you know, a collaborative, engaging experience. It's going to feel live. Um, but also, if you cannot um, unmute, um, that's also okay. And you can, um, you know, drop your answer in the chat as you are called on as well. Yes. That being said, don't don't drop your answer in the chat unless you're called on because no cheating. Also, the most important part, I know we're all on computers. Demigod (laughs) code of honor. (laughs) Try not to cheat. If you do cheat, don't make it obvious. Lie well. Because if you lie well, that's also impressive. Yes, don't tell us. That would be a little sad. Um, Also, if you're driving, please be careful. I see you. (laughs) Okay. That being said, does that make sense to everybody? You can give me like a eh, yeah, un- yeah, raise your hand. Okay, slay. Um, and we're gonna keep track of who is answering these things. Thanks, Katie. Um, okay, the first trivia question. Get ready to raise your hand. Um, these are going to have to do with one-off book characters. First question: What did coworkers call Josephine before she became a hunter? Oh my God, Trevor, (laughs) I think you were the first to pan up. Um, Feel free to unmute or drop in the chat what your answer is. I've been waiting for this moment my entire life. I'm freaking out. Big Joe. Oh my God. Yes, Trevor, one point. You know, you said you came here to slay and so far um, you're slaying. I'm going to write so that excited. down. Congratulations. I, I, I have I have a notes app on the side. 
I'll, okay. I'll thank you, you, Carter. Thank you. Okay. Amazing. Okay. That really, wow. My adrenaline is pumping. The second question, Aaron, do you want to read it? I don't know if you have it up, but I do have an opportunity. I can read it. All right. Um, so the second question is name Heloise's Griffin mate. Her lover, her partner. <gasps> I Maddie. See yeah, Maddie. W. The Avalon. Yes. You guys, <laughs> how did you know this stuff? I really had to look at I've Wiki's. read them five times. <laughs> okay, super fan, super fan. Okay, Carter's keeping track. We got this. Nice work. Everybody snaps for Maddie W. Last question. Erin, uh, do you want to read this one as well? Sure thing. Um, let's see. What's the park Lavinia spends much of her time at in Tyrant's Tomb? Maddie. People's Park. Oh, and where is it? Uh, it's <laughs> the, hang on, is that actually part of the question? No, I was just, I was we'll just We'll give playing. it to you. We <laughs> had a minor. <laughs> I, I went into the document and I was like, Berkeley. Erica, it's not in San Francisco. It's in Berkeley. Um, yeah, it's exactly. we get it, Carter. You're moving to California. Everybody say boo, Carter moving to California. <laughs> boo. Stay on Eastern Standard Time. Um, okay, <laughs> great. So so far the score is one Trevor, two for Maddie W. And this concludes our first trivia segment and our first segment with Aaron. So thank you, Aaron, so much for joining us. Everybody, stream camp half pod. Yay. Okay, I will go ahead and remove pin which takes us to our next segment. Katie, calling Katie from Fandom Forward to the stage. What's up, Katie? Hey, hello. Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank um, you. I'm thrilled to be here. Oh, uh, you're amazing. Um, and I love everything <laughs> about you. And will you tell people what your job is in real life? Sure. Yes. My real life job is uh, doing stuff like this professionally. Um, I work for Fandom Forward and we are a nonprofit that uses pop culture to get people engaged in social justice movements. And so you might have heard of us in the past by our old name, which was the Harry Potter Alliance. We came out of that fandom and for some reason, we decided to change our name because, you know, that fandom's having a very different experience than the Percy Jackson fandom. Uh, but so we uh, organize fan communities to do real life social justice movement stuff to make a difference. And we've like helped fans donate 400,000 books around the world. We have helped build libraries. We've been a part of all kinds of different social justice movements around queer rights, uh, ending child slavery, climate change, like you name it, you stay awake at night worrying about it. Uh, so do we. And then we go on the internet and we find ways to make it fun to engage in those things and to feel hopeful rather than sad. Um, and we met seaweed brain pod because we just love y'all and think you're amazing and i think like we what was the original thing was it gla yeah, gla mm -hmm. yeah we invited invited y'all to be a part of our annual conference that we do um 
And now we've done all kinds of stuff with you and you're on our fan organizer coalition and we're probably going to do Percy Jackson stuff when the TV show lands. So I'm very excited for that. So I expect I'll be seeing a lot more of all y'all here, but tonight just here to celebrate. Woohoo! Here to <laughs> celebrate. Um, and if somebody, uh, was like really interested in everything you just said. And we're like, how have I never heard of this? This is so cool. I lie awake in bed at night thinking about all of those things. What is like a good way for them to become involved with Fandom Forward? Yes, uh, you can go to fandomforward.org slash join. Sign up there, you'll get our emails. Um, you can also follow us on all of the social medias. Um, we're fandom forward at fandom forward everywhere, except for Instagram, which is the great pain of my life. Mm. Where, like we're verified there and they will not let us change our name for blood or money. So we are the HP Alliance there. We're trying hard not to be, but every, everywhere else you can find us, uh, at fandom forward and you should hang out with us there because we are going to do a percy jackson campaign and we're like not decided what it's going to be about and what the, like the issues we're going to talk about so like you could be part of deciding that and figuring yeah. that out Woohoo! and there's so many different themes mm -hmm. percy jackson is not a fandom where you have to work very hard to like pull out um social justice issues and themes of things that we deal with in regular life obviously one of the biggest things that we deal with in the trials of apollo is the big c word capitalism everybody say boo capitalism <laughs> boo um what did you think i know you've read trials of apollo katie um, when coming across the like triumvirate in general, um, and how the like anti-capitalist themes manifest themselves in Charles Apollo. So I'm gonna I'm gonna preface this with the uh with the note that Percy Jackson. So I read the original five books like when they were coming out, and then I promptly forgot all of their plot points. And so then when the pandemic hit and I was like, boy, the world really sucks. I need something to help me. I will read all 15 Percy Jackson books in very quick succession. And so that was a great way to spend my time. But it also is a little bit of a fever dream, like the entire, the entire <laughs> thing. So let's see how much, how well this memory goes. Um, but like, the anti-capitalist themes in uh, Trials of Apollo, like the big bad guy is a giant corporation that has been secretly pulling the strings behind all the things we thought. And like, even when they're talking about Luke, like there's obviously there's a lot of themes of like, you know, Luke is somebody who got manipulated by uh, by forces more powerful than him. Um, and I think like that just continues in this series. Um, I think there is so much that comes across with the triumvirate has been around for thousands of years. Mm -hmm. um, well, you know, our corporations are not that old, but they are, I can't say equally powerful because there's a supernatural element here. <laughs> they don't but... have vats of Greek fire, but they may as well have vats of Greek fire. They might as well. Yeah. <laughs> they might yeah. be around for another 3,000 years with the way regulatory policy is looking. <laughs> mm -hmm. 
no no so so you know what, what's that what's that quote you know uh capitalism seems inevitable but so did the divine right of kings something like that um there we go yeah so uh this is i we are we are living through the slow downfall of this and we will be on to the next thing but they really like the triumvirate really really believed we are around forever like this is the way it is we will hold on to this power we will take over the world because this is like we deserve this power we deserve to be at the top and like i that's how i think about a lot of corporations now and a lot of capitalistic stuff now is there, there is this idea of like it's going to be this way forever it is not like Late we stage. are not, yeah like <laughs> will will we see like what comes next perhaps not but like the uh you know the demigods that come after us are going to be dealing with an entirely new familiar set of monsters in a new way that's one yeah. of the things I love about percy jackson is it's very good like movement lessons because like we are fighting the same kind of fights that our ancestors were fighting they're just yes. a remix going um, on the same quests yeah fighting yeah. the same monsters that keep regenerating over and over and over again mm -hmm. um and in the in the end they lose because uh cap capitalism also will lose you know we will we will steal your tools and sink your yachts and it just <laughs> it it will come we will sink your yacht. That's a beautiful image. <laughs> I love that. Stealing um, your tools, your hammers, your screwdrivers, and sinking your yachts. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. That's Carter, what I think about. Carter, were you going to say something? Sorry, I wouldn't want to cut you off, Carter. No, I was just going to segue us into our um, trivia section, which for this round is going to be about the triumvirate and about their exploits throughout these books. Um, all right. Is everyone ready for the first question? That was a rhetorical question. We're going to do it. Question one, which two characters present, sorry, which two characters present in the original series, that was Reading. my bad, defeat the Colossus of Nero? Mercedes. It is Rachel and Nico? That is a really excellent guess. I wish that were true. Unfortunately, it's not true, but thank you for your bravery and we appreciate it. Everybody snaps for Mercedes. Woo, okay. I think the next person is um, Ariel or Ariel? Ariel. Ariel. Hi, um, was it Percy and Nico? It was Percy. It was Percy. You get one point. We're gonna do half and credit. We're gonna do half credit, and somebody else has the opportunity to get another point here. Um, Haley. I definitely had the wrong answer. I was. <laughs> Say I was it anyway. Nico, I was going Nico and Will, but I'm guessing that that is incorrect. <laughs> that would be cute. Okay, this is good though. There. Oh, someone's giving a bit of a hint. Um, we've got a hint coming up here. Um. <laughs> It is a similar pairing to one could say uh, Will and Nico in that it is an iconic pairing. Um, I guess. I think wow. Ben. I think Ben. Right. I see. I see. Um, I think Ben sure, raised yeah, yeah. her hand faster. 
Go ahead. Take your time. Live your truth. Annabeth and, love. and Percy, that is also unfortunately not correct. Um, okay. okay. I'm going to give it to Maddie and then line? I'm going to give another hint. Maddie. Are we counting Mrs. O'Leary as a viable option for this? Okay, great. <laughs> it was, in fact, Perseus, Perseus Jackson Perseus. and Mrs. O'Leary. That is a point to Ariel and a point to Maddie. You got I that? I want to shout out everyone who answered because literally when I was reading through this outline, I was like, what was the Colossus? Like, was there a Colossus of Rhodes in these books? <laughs> what are you talking about? Um, no, when I tell you. was better than me. I did not come up with any of these off the top of my head. I used a wiki page to create all of them. Um, next question. What do Meg and Apollo hand over at the front desk of the Tower of Nero as their ID? Mercedes. Okay. Uh, Meg hands over her rings and Apollo hands over uh, Lester Papadopoulos' driver's license. Yes! Yeah. Uh, woo! good one redemption come on come back of the ages okay point to mercedes um i'm trusting that you're keeping track of this carter yes okay last question um do you want to read it the question is how many super yachts did caligula bring to san francisco bay i think it was mercedes mercedes and then anna 50 yes Really good work. Wow. Really excellent work, everybody. Very Should have powerful. made a Quizlet so we could study. Next, you make a <laughs> Quizlet. I still have the same <laughs> Quizlet account from when I was in seventh grade. The password is my seventh grade email password. Um, That's real as fuck. Me too. It wow. tickles <laughs> my brain every time I open it up. It has like Spanish flashcards from every year of school from seventh grade to senior year of high school. Uh, okay. This concludes our segment here. Thank you so much, Katie. Yay. Thank you for including me. This Thank you for fun. joining. Thank you. Now I'm going to go hack your Quizlet. <laughs> yes, I'm sure the password may or may not have to do with fandom things um, because I was 12. Um, <laughs> all right. Thank you so much. Everybody get involved with Fandom Forward. You know where to go. Um, who is next, guys? It's it's time. I am welcoming Liam to the stage. Hi, everyone. I feel so underqualified because everyone's been like tenured PJO podcasters for years. And I'm like <laughs> on the scene for maybe a couple months. But it is an absolute honor to be here. But you're no, this you're... is a space that has evolved beyond tenure and to more um, <laughs> generative and equitable models of employment. Also, where, Liam, where you're like a valued. lifelong fan of Percy Jackson. This is true. Yeah, yeah. I, it was my, uh, it's my first franchise, if you will, before Marvel, Star Wars, DC, all that stuff. Percy Jackson in elementary school. And here we are today. Amazing. And like, who are you? Like, where do you come from? Why are you here? You've been on our podcast before, but maybe people don't know that. Yes, uh, I'm a film reporter for comicbook.com. Uh, so I cover a lot of different stuff. Uh, movies, TV, pro wrestling. Uh, I wear a lot of different hats, um, but the hat I always love to wear the most uh, is Percy Jackson. Uh, and I've kind of made that like my go-to beat uh, in terms of covering the show. 
And because 2023 just seems to be the year of Percy Jackson, there's also, you know, uh, Sun and Star coverage and book six coverage uh, coming out. So uh, there's so much article content, uh, occasionally interview content. I interviewed Logan Lerman in December, which was really cool. And Somebody then anytime in the chat I, <laughs> you the people know, the people know. <laughs> anytime uh, I interview someone who has any sort of tie to the Percy Jackson cast, I force in a question. I talked to Idris Elba a couple of weeks ago. I was like, tell me how great Leia Jeffries was in Beast. I talked to Gabrielle Union sometime last year. And I was like, Aryan Samhadri, right? Am I, am I right? And they're just like, we're promoting something else. I don't know why you're going off. But uh, yeah, no, it's always fun. And someone said in the chat, yeah, Shadow and Bone. I became a Shadow and Bone crazy fan over the past like two months. Uh, that's been a, a ton of fun. Liam, what is the second greatest love story ever told? Oh my God, it's Kanesh. <laughs> That's why he's here, everyone. Um, okay, so we could talk about a lot of things. I actually just thought of a question I want to ask Liam on another day, which is what does wrestling, professional wrestling and Percy Jackson have in common besides besides the, the actor playing Aries? Yeah, besides <laughs> that. Um, we're going to have to cover that on another day. But um, the segment we have Liam here to join us with, join us on today is a little mini playlist segment. So if you've been listening to Seaweed Brain for a long time, you know that we did a very snetso playlist episode that was only available to hear on Spotify um, because music rights are awful. Um, so we're going to do a little mini flavor of that today. We asked Liam to bring to the table some examples, um, some choices of songs that you would place in Trials of Apollo um, for different reasons at different times. Um, and Carter is going to audio share um, without a hitch some of that now. So would you like to go um, take it away with your first pick? Sure. Yeah. So there's a lot of recency bias because I read the first Trials of Apollo book back in, I want to say December of 2020, and then just took a sabbatical. I don't know why. I think school just got very busy. Um, so I read the last, the remaining four within the past three months. I read four and five <laughs> within the past two weeks. So that's why every uh, uh, installment in this segment is from Tyrant's Tomb and Tower of Nero. Um, but the first one, um, kind of hearkening back to the Sea of Monsters movie, because as terrible as those movies are, they do have some some good scenes. Uh, and the addition of some Fallout Boy during that game they introduced in Sea of Monsters, I'm like, for whatever reason, Fallout Boy is now always linked to Percy Jackson for me. Uh, so I have uh, when Frank teams up with Apollo to fight the Emperor's and Tyrant's Tomb, I got some Irresistible by Fallout Boy vibes. And I, the way the horns come in, you know. God, Fallout Boy's yeah. use of brass is so excellent. <laughs> Not just Fallout Boy, we should shout out um, Demi Lovato. It's also on the track, giving us that, you know, third to fourth modulating harmony in the last chorus. It's it's less about like I mean the lyrics still work but it's just a beat to me that like I'm like okay this is like a two v two climactic battle I nice. think it works okay it's literally it's a two v two battle that's so true I want to hear Liam's next song yeah, yeah you only have to play like ten seconds you don't, you don't have to do the whole thing hear the whole box we couldn't not play Demi. Chorus? We had to but, hear Demi. We, did y'all hear it? Demi came in. Demi was doing oh, yeah, it. She has like, like ad-libs, right? She's like in the background a little bit. I don't think she's specifically like listed as a feature. 
Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my God, that high harmony. God. Oh, okay. Um, um what's your next pick? Pick. Okay, okay, so this one's a little, little sadder, unless you're anti-Jason. Um, I, I'm not even the biggest fan of Jason, but like. You know, the, him dying is still a little somber. Spoiler alert. I think we already <laughs> mentioned that on, on the show earlier. Um, Lonely by Machine Gun Kelly. Uh, that song has been associated with like so many different like somber moments in their like respective in like artists respectful respected lives. Um, and like people will cover it depending on stuff that happens in their life. And just like the acoustics, I don't know. I, I got like a vibe of like his coffin being brought through camp jupiter and everyone just being a little somber and like focusing on piper and all that oh my god can't you just hear the sounds of piper piper's screams echoing off the cliffs of malibu over this song but the song is the only thing playing like it's her screaming but you don't like you don't hear her voice they do that cool thing nice all right but you yeah. can end it carter <laughs> There's no Demi feature on this song. Um, Carter, would you like to cut in here with one of yours before we hear the last ones from Liam? Are we going to cut it? Okay, sure. I will share uh, my pick. Um, I was trying to go for not a specific scene, but overall I was just thinking like, what what did I think about as I was reflecting on the series? And so my selection um, for perhaps obvious reasons, is by the wonderful Sufjan Stevens. <laughs> and the selection is Death with Dignity. <laughs> I feel like when, 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 when I think about what sets this set of five books apart from the other sets of five books, it's A, a very specific critique of capitalism, and B, a meditation on what it means to 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 approach mortality and to feel connected to you know something something human um and i think that this song is is a good as good as any of a opportunity to reflect on these things beautiful i love right. to hear a little sufyan okay um now I feel like we, yeah, wait, should I go? I don't want to go last. I don't want to be like, mine is the best. So I'm going to go next. <laughs> Take the pressure off. Um, I chose Big Man, Little Dignity by Paramore off of their latest album for, I guess, obvious reasons, because the big bad, like we were talking about in this series is a series of overpowered, heinous, evil, ridiculous, egotistical um, men uh, with a lot of power who have very little dignity and don't actually stand for anything. Um, they're not like Luke, who is, you know, I'm not defending Luke, but you know, at least he had like something <laughs> he was fighting for. Um, these guys just suck. And it, it feels very unempowering to stand up against a man who has so much power and you feel like there's nothing you can do about it. Um, unless from Apollo's POV, but I'm gonna go this song from Meg's POV, thinking about Emperor Nero. All right. Let's hear once again from Liam. Those two are fantastic. Those are fun. I, I, I was like picturing the, the chapters they could be associated with. Um, all right. I have a funny one. And then I have like one I'm like mostly proud of. We'll go with the funny one first. Uh, Erica only told me to bring three. But when I came across this, I was <laughs> like, I can't not. Um, when Will Solis glows, when he glows for, I believe, the first time. Like that wasn't a thing that happened in Heroes, right? 
This is the first time. Okay, thank God. It's been a couple of years since I read Heroes. Um, But when he (laughs) glows for the first time, uh, I obviously think of Zeke from Sky High. And so then when I think of Sky High, I think of Stop the World and Melt With You. But in this case, it wouldn't be the full-blown song. Like, I know that's the only thing you can find. Um, But it just picks subtle subtle (laughs) instrumentals. Like a nice little audio cue somehow hinting that Sky High is canon in the Percy Jackson world. I could also hear it just Nico being like, Will, do the thing. And Will doesn't want to. And then Nico's like, I'm so cool. And And then Will's like, fine. That's how it works. Literally? The the movie exists in their worlds. Yes. Yeah, it's a fictional movie in their worlds. Perfect. And they watched it together. And that's when he blew for the first time. Boom. There's, that's the case. Blue. Blue. Is that is that the past tense of blood? No, it's not. Um, oh. this also makes sense because if Will is um Nicholas Braun, then Nico is so magenta. Oh my God! Queen of Sky High. Shout out to that. I see the, the emo girlfriend. Okay. Okay. Cool. And then you have one last pick, Liam. Yeah, my final uh, installment is that awesome, like extended, I think 25, 30 pages when Apollo's just making the rounds. He's going to Camp Jupiter. He's going to Camp Half-Blood. He's, he's visiting Piper. He's visiting Meg. Uh, the song Everything We Need by A Day to Remember is just like, I. that's like my go-to windows down, driving home from a beach trip with the friends. Like, it's just like end credits, so pure, going around like, you know, we got everything we need um this one i will say i think the chorus does apply so if you want to play it for a minute you can but i understand we're tight on time Especially since he like he just embraced like mortality. Like I know he's he's an Olympian again, but still he's like visiting people as Lester. It's like I don't need to be all magical. We got everything we need, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, Liam. Snaps for Liam's good taste in music, everybody. Um, this brings us to our trivia section. Everybody, shake off all that fun music and get ready to be extremely competitive. Um. Carter, do you want to ask this first question? Yes. And I'm going to load the musical cues for the questions too, because these are music themed within the set of books. The first question is, what song does Apollo use to stop the control room lackeys from triggering the, oh my God, the Greek fire, I believe, right? In um, Tower of Nero. I think that was Ariel. Yeah, this is probably wrong because um, I'm terrible at this, but was it stop in the name of love? It was hey. Woo! Shout out to the Supremes. Yes. Queens. <laughs> Incredible. <laughs> um, next question. In the Lightning Thief, Grover. This is a way throwback, guys. I did say the Lightning Thief. Grover only knows how to play <laughs> two songs. Well, I didn't even ask the question yet. On the read pipes. <laughs> The first song is Mozart's Piano Concerto number 12. What That's is the That's the one we should have asked people about. Song? I know. Well, I'm trying to do easy ones. Um, Haley. So yesterday, Hilary Duff. You know it. Incredible. Excellent work. Hi, Rick. 
Um, okay. Last question, Carter, go ahead. The last question is, does not have a musical cue. Who fixes Lester's combat ukulele in the tyrant's tomb? Maddie. It's Lavinia's friend and she's like the daughter of the muse of music or something, but I can't quite remember her name. I honestly thought it was just Lavinia. So I'm going to give you the point. (laughs) (laughs) Great work. Great work, everyone. This concludes our segment on music. Thank you, Liam, for being here. Everybody follow Liam at Liam T. Crowley on Twitter and Instagram. Okay. Every time I unpin somebody, I feel like I'm kicking them off stage. Um, Okay. (laughs) Oh my God. We're running out of time. Emily, where are you on my screen? Oh, I see you. I'm like, my room has descended into darkness. So... (laughs) It's mood lighting. Um, Emily, Mm -hmm. welcome to Seaweed Brain for the first time. Um, Tell everybody where you're from. Um, Yeah, so I'm come to you in the Reordenverse from uh, the podcast Monster Donut, which um, I run with my co-host Phoebe Cordy, where we do like full book breakdowns and deep dives into both the literary and the like classics lore stuff. Um, and I am the classic scholar-ish part of uh, our podcast. So I come bringing so much uh, uh, knowledge I've accumulated over the years. That's all pretty much Rick Riordan's fault. Uh, <laughs> uh, because, Absolutely. Uh, yeah. When you decided to major in classics, was it because of Percy Jackson? Um, Like, probably. <laughs> I was into the mess before Percy Jackson, which is why I picked up the books. But Percy mm. Jackson like solidified my love, and um, yeah, I just like became obsessed, and just I had to, had to study Greek and Latin, had to do the history, and uh, have not regretted it. It's great, ten out of ten. Incredible. And so I think we've established time and time again that Carter and I know nothing about <laughs> European history, let alone the classics. Therefore, I mean, would that's you... fine. No, it's fine. Oh, oh, we're not, we don't feel bad about it. Oh, <laughs> <I'm not procrastinating. laughs> um, but we do have classics trivia, but before that, I do want to ask you, um, how, mm-hmm. how do the emperors in trials of Apollo compare to their like historical, um, what we know about them historically in real life? It's an interesting question because I think Rick is pretty good about keeping things fairly like factually accurate, like when he's working off things or he like, says things happen. Um, that being said, the emperors are definitely like the supervillain mode of like what we know about all of them, <laughs> which makes sense. Um, but um, yeah, it's interesting, though, also because there's a lot of debate because we just don't know that much about like what they were actually like or what it would have actually been like to like live, um, you know, under their rule. Um, but, um, it's also interesting because, um, two of them, Nero and, uh, Caligula were both, um, in a different time than Commodus, like in terms of when they're ruling in Rome, um, because Nero and Caligula come right at the beginning of the empire and that like first dynasty. So it's also, they mark this interesting, like transition between when it was a democracy, like Rome was a democracy and a republic. And not just that, like a very staunch one, like for a very long time, it started as like a kingdom with kings and they were so against and adamant, like so adamant about not having kings anymore that like the transition into empire, like created a lot of crazy problems. And so a lot of 
the accounts of them, you kind of have to raise the question of like, well, who's writing them? Because we don't really know that much about like what the common people thought of them. And because at the time, the only people writing about them would have been the elites that were like losing power because of them. That, that being said, um, they also had a lot of power and a lot of wealth. And I would buy that they definitely had a like huge megalomaniac streak. So that's an interesting question. Um, and then is Commodus is like, the ultimate example of why uh, Nepo babies shouldn't be a thing. Um, so. <laughs> Tell them that was really helpful knowledge to think about. Yeah. Keeping in mind context. who writes down history, even ancient history. Um, okay. I think we got to do trivia. Oh, Guys, yeah. Emily made a freaking PowerPoint. Um, it's mostly for the last question, which has a slightly strange format, which I will explain when we get to it. But look at this. It's got a colorful background. It's got two different size fonts. This is effort, everybody. Um, let's go. Take it away, Emily. Okay, amazing. So can anybody name two possible ranks for Roman soldiers? I'm seeing Maddie first here. Centurion and Legionnaire. I'm sorry, what was the first one you said? Centurion. Centurion. Yep, that's correct. That's two. There are a lot of different answers for this one, but yeah. All right. Amazing. And next is, can anybody name three Roman emperors who don't appear in the Percy Jackson books? And when I say appear, to be clear, I mean like physically, like as characters. So mentioned is okay. Yeah, mentioned is okay. I'm seeing Ariel. Okay. Um, Flavian, Domitian, and Septimus Severus. Oh, yeah. So Flavian is the name of the dynasty, but not an actual name of an emperor. But that's really great. You're still getting a point. That was so yeah, much so knowledge. Cool. And uh, do I want to try to see if someone else can? I'm seeing an Emily. Um, uh, Tiberius, Agalabalus, and uh, Marcus Aurelius. Um, definitely Tiberius and Marcus Aurelius. Um, I need to double check. <laughs> uh, Getting stumped. There's a lot of them. <laughs> Yeah, um, I would say give you the point, though, because Tiberius nice. and Marcus Aurelius are both. Yeah, for sure. All right. That's a point to Emily. And let's go <laughs> to the next question. All right. This one is a slightly strange format, but it's a matching game. So we're going to go through the different options. And then at the end, there's the word bank on one side. There's the name bank on one side and the like thing on the other. So let's play the who's who of ancient Rome. So and uh, can anyone tell me who made their horse a priest? And then go to and the, the next options one. are the same for all of them, by the way, on the bottom. Um, we can do the next one. Um, who wrote an epic poem about themselves that was so bad we only have a few lines preserved from other people making fun of it? Apollo. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Um, who forced the Olympic Games to include poetry and lyre playing as part of their official docket for that year in order to compete in them? And what a shocker, won every event, even the chariot race where they crashed and didn't finish. Sea of Monsters core. Um, <laughs> who had their life saved by a villain monologue? And who, last but not least, who got kidnapped by pirates was offended because they thought the ransom the pirates asked for them was embarrassingly low, insisted the pirates asked for way more money, made their family pay the way higher ransom, and then after they were freed, hunted the pirates down and killed them. Oh my God. Okay, go to the next slide. 
And so this is the like, I have, I put them all up with the bank. So whoever wants to chime in and match them. I'm seeing an Anna here. Okay, so I know two. Okay. I was not anticipating doing more than two. Uh, the first one is Caligula. That's and the correct. third one is Nero. Oh, wait, and the fourth one is Cicero as well, I think. The third one is Nero. And then the fourth one is Cicero, I think. That is actually not correct, if you can believe it. Okay, let's give, Carter, can we give Anna one point and then give somebody the opportunity to match the other ones? Yes. Okay, that Mercedes, you're up next. Okay, so, uh, <laughs> so wait, so we've already used Caligula, Nero, and who else? Um, uh, uh, Cicero was guessed, but not correct. Okay. Um, I'm gonna say Commodus is the second one. And, um, I'm gonna guess that Caesar is the last one. The last one is Julius Caesar. <laughs> Woo! Okay. Um, but Commodus is not the second one. Okay, can we give a point to Mercedes, please? Yes, and then absolutely. go to Maddie. I think that we've we've revealed what the correct answer is. Oh my god, I wasn't paying attention. <laughs> so should we Thank run it down run down them real quick? Yeah, go ahead. Tell us the answers. So Caligula made his horse a priest, tried to make it a console, um, didn't work out, had to go with priest. Um Cicero wrote an epic poem about himself that is so bad we only have a few lines preserved of other people making fun of it. And that is my favorite fun fact of all time. Because he, when he was like consul, which is like the Roman president, he did a thing and was like, I was amazing. <laughs> Incredible. And, yeah. uh, Nero forced the Olympic Games to include the poetry and lyre playing and won every event. He also ran it in an off year. So when he died, they just kind of expunged it from the record and pretended that it never happened. Um, <laughs> and Commodus had his life saved by a villain monologue because somebody tried to assassinate him, but spent so long monologuing, explaining why they were assassinating him that he was able to get away. <laughs> Nice. <laughs> Who doesn't love a villain monologue? Okay. <laughs> Emily, thank you so much for doing all of that work, for teaching us things that <laughs> um, uh, Michael Vieira failed to teach Carter and I senior year of high school, but we still love him anyway. Um, Samuel, Samuel Vieira. Oh my God. Samuel, Mr. Honestly, Vieira. What is learning <laughs> classics? Him saying his full name on the internet. Oh, Samuel <laughs> Vieira. Okay. Thank you, Emily. Um, thank you so much for being here. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me. Woo, uh, everybody stream monster donut podcast. All right. We have one final guest last, but certainly not least you've seen them on several episodes of CB brand. It's Ethan live from a dorm room. Hello. <laughs> You lofted your bed. That's incredible. I did. Guys, do not <laughs> loft your bed when you go to college. If you have the option to half loft it, half loft your bed. <laughs> yes, I did half loft. I did a half loft for sure. Carter, did you full loft? I um I think I did full lofting for a semester and then was literally bunked where there was like a different person um in the other section of it for another semester. <laughs> Good. This is see. This is important. This is important context um, to our our upbringings. Ethan, we yes. have you here today to celebrate um, an overlooked quality of the trials of Apollo, which is of course 
your greatest love story ever told. Yes. <laughs> Tell us about it. So for those of you who do not know, um, I think somebody mentioned in the chat that I'm one of three Jason stands in the world. And you know what? If the shoe fits, <laughs> if Jason has zero stands, I'm dead. <laughs> yeah, that's literally it. Oh, people are already saying vulgar supremacy. So yes, so people know. I am a the Jason stand. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's like the most important thing. If one, people know like something about me, just Valgrace, that's all. Um, but yeah, so Valgrace for me is the greatest love story ever told. I'm so sorry, Persebeth. Um, and they forgive you. They want you to I be just, happy. Thank you. Thank you, Persebeth. <laughs> I speak for them. <laughs> as you should, as you should. Um, yeah, I mean... It's just the best. Yeah. Would you like to give us is... a rundown of like two important Belgrade moments that Ooh. flesh out the arc of the relationship for the people who remain um, unconverted um, heathens? Yes. Okay. So in preparation for this, I actually looked um, for in-text evidence of Valgrace, um, for those of you who are unbelievers, non-believers. But in House of Hades, Leo notices that Jason's mouth quirks in a certain way. And he's like, his scar quivers in the way that like means he's, I think like nervous or something. And I'm like, Leo, um, let's talk about why you're noticing Jason's mouth. Um, let's unpack that a little bit. So that's point. There's there's several there's several pieces of evidence on their narration in like on both parts where they like notice a little bit too much about the other boys around them um but that I would say is like that's like a starting point a starting point and then the end point um so sorry for anyone who hasn't read the burning maze I mean we've spoiled it already but after uh Leo hears that Jason has past um uh leo starts to like tap and the one thing that we know like he like taps compulsively is the phrase i love you because that's what he tried to tap to his mom when his mom was also in the process of passing <laughs> um so that's like the end point um you can connect the dots on your own uh, i hope that they're clear enough but yeah Thank you. I mean, I, I have so many questions, but I almost feel like we should, we should ask these trivia questions because it is 8.05. Ethan, did you want to ask one of them? I don't know if you have the outline up. I don't want to pressure you to read it. I do have no. the outline up so I can go ahead ask. and, and, and read them. Okay. So our first trivia question is where is Calypso when we catch up with Leo at the end of the tower of Nero? Well, Trevor, He is at band camp. Band camp. Everybody go, okay, band camp. Uh, okay, I want everyone to know I'm a band kid, so I don't like Calypso, but that's so real of her. <laughs> Even present tense. Wow. <laughs> You're not in the Michigan. Wait, never mind. Sorry. No. Um, okay. <laughs> Thankfully not. <laughs> Okay, go ahead and read the next question. Yes. Okay, the next question. I kind of have beef with this question, but that's okay. Uh, <laughs> who do the Camp Half-Blood campers take numbers from when they line up to punch Leo Valdez upon his return from death in the Hidden Oracle? Maddie. Uh, Nacar. 
That is correct. Ethan, do you want to explain your beef? My beef, I feel like it's it's too deep for like this, but it's just why are we punching Some someone who does just came deep. back from the dead? Why are we doing that? But that's a discussion for for Tumblr, not here. <laughs> Not something's being too deep for seaweed brain that you have to take it to Tumblr, Ethan. <laughs> I mean, Tumblr's just more conducive to yeah long rants. Absolutely, absolutely. Okay. okay, we have we have a last question. Go ahead. Yes, our last question. Uh, something I think about every day. What is Jason Grace's last words to Apollo? Ariel, you uh, say remember. That is it. That is the last final word. Yes. Uh, he's technically, he says, go in all caps. Remember. All right, guys. Thank you so much for answering. Um, Ethan, thank you for being here and telling us uh, a little bit about Valkyrie. Of course. It is my honor and pleasure. Where can people find you on Tumblr to read such rants? Um, it is at Ethan with two N's K-U. Nice. And, and where my username for most things. Yeah. Where else are you big on Percy Jackson social media lately? <laughs> <laughs> well, I have two TikTok accounts. I have Ethan with two N's KU for Percy Jackson and then Ethan with two N's KU reads for general book talk content. If you would Absolutely. like to see me. Absolutely. And also listen to our episodes with Ethan. Ethan will definitely be back, hopefully for the sun and the star. Make sure you follow on all platforms. I think. This is now the time for Carter to unveil for us what the scoreboard is for trivia. Everybody vibrating with excitement. Oh my God, what is going on? Carter, let All us know. Right. In third place, we have Mercedes. Shout out Woo! to Mercedes with um, two and a half points. Go In off of, uh, I love your shirt, place, by the way. <laughs> In second place, we have Ariel with three and a half points. Come on. Participation, incredible. And in first place, we have Maddie W with five and a half points. Came to slay. Came with having read the books. What did you say? Five times? (laughs) It's more than we have. (laughs) Thank you guys so much, Maddie. Um, I'm going to get your email. (laughs) You can, can you message it to me in the zoom chat? Okay, cool. Um, (laughs) thank you guys so much for participating and for joining us. Um, we did have a final question, um, that, um, (laughs) we didn't have to end up using. We had a question that was going to be like a tiebreaker in case anybody like tied in trivia. Um, and it was going to be a competition for who can pronounce Gur Fred. Um, in the best way possible, but instead I'm just going to make Carter and I do it. Um, so, uh, I'll go first. Fred, um, Carter, you may now I think go you for cut it. out. You cut out of the audio. Oh my me. God. Is my original sound. Um, okay. Your turn. Grr, Fred. Nice, 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 nice. 
All right, wow. everybody. This is going to conclude our first ever live audience Zoom show. Um, if you had fun, let us know. We'll definitely do it again in the future. Um, if you had a good time, I'm going to put my Venmo in the chat so that we can compensate um, ourselves, but mostly our special guests who were here as a favor to us and donated their Friday night. So if you want, that's my Venmo. It's at Erica-Ito-1. Um, and keep Hank, keep listening, keep messaging us. Um, we really, we really love being here and um, spending this time with you all. Carter, do you want to cue up some exit music? Yeah, it's a big milestone that that we have all arrived at together, and we are we're, we're very grateful to have been on this journey and to continue to be on this journey. And with that, <laughs> <laughs> woo! Angelo episode is coming up in a couple of weeks. And then we're going to talk about the sun and the star a couple chapters at a time. You can change your life if you want to. Bye, everyone. <laughs>